well, when we planned the service, we probably should not have had me follow that choir song. <laughs> Just saying, uh, well, so great to have you leading us today. Uh, if you didn't know, that's my boy. That's my will right there. Um, and, uh, you know, church family, I just, uh, as I'm listening to him sing and listening to our choir and the beautiful music, I, I just am so grateful as a pastor, but as a mom, just to say thanks for investing in the next generation here. Thanks for cheering them on and, and doing all that you do. And I'm just not going to say any more. So, whew, okay. So here we are. Well, welcome to this third Sunday of Advent. So glad that you're here today. And uh, you know, I'm just wondering for any of you, does anyone else feel like December is going way too fast? Is anybody else? Okay, I'm not alone. Anybody else need a few more hours in the day? Except for Shiloh. She's going, come on, come on, let's go. Let's get a little bit faster to Christmas. So just checking in on you today. I wonder how you're doing, how things are going this December, 13 days until Christmas. You're probably aware of that as we work on our Christmas lists and sending out Christmas cards and cleaning the house and the cookies and the caroling. Don't forget the caroling tonight, 6 p.m. right here in the sanctuary. Just a reminder about that. You know, I don't know where you find yourself this December. Maybe this is a season that is full of joy for you, or uh, perhaps there's some weariness and some stress mixed in for you. Maybe this is a season when life is feeling a bit uncertain, or perhaps for you this Christmas, grief is at the forefront for one reason or another. I just want to say to you, I'm so glad you're here today. Whether you're joining us here in the sanctuary or joining us online, I'm so glad that you are here for these moments to pause in the presence of Jesus, to take a breath, to turn our eyes towards Jesus together, to remember who he is and the way that he sees us and knows us through and through. I'm grateful for these moments when we can pause and push away the distractions of December and focus our hearts on our God who waits on high and longs to be gracious to us. And I believe that today can be an encounter with Jesus. And today can be an encounter with his peace. This Christmas, we're talking about encountering peace together. I think peace is, is a sentiment that's often attributed to the Christmas season, but the truth is, doesn't get experienced very often uh, in the bustle of the days. And I know because life is hard, and, and I think December has a way of bringing those hard things to the surface. So what does it look like for us to encounter peace this Christmas? Well, I want to remind us, we've been talking about this already in this series. You know, we often um, think about peace as the absence of turmoil. We think we have peace when there's no conflict or war or strife or struggle. A picture of everything being just as it should be, calm and serene. But the truth is, even though that might be the image that comes to mind when we think about peace, the truth is when we study what peace is all about in the scripture, it is so much more than that because peace isn't about the presence of or the absence of turmoil so much as the presence of God. That is what peace is all about. In fact, in the Old Testament, which was written in Hebrew, the word for peace is shalom. Shalom, this rich, beautiful word that, that means well-being and wholeness and harmony an abundance. We often call it peace. 
This word is found uh, more than 550 times in the Bible, in the Hebrew, and then in the Greek version in the New Testament. Most frequently, we find this word as a noun or as an adjective, but because this is God's mission and shalom is how God works, we also find this word as a verb in the scripture. We find this word translated as restoring or repaying or setting right a wrong or making peace with an enemy or even paying a debt. Because what we find in the scripture is that this is the mission of God, this shalom, this wholeness, this bringing peace and setting things right. And that's good news for us these days. Because I know we all have big things going on. And how wonderful to be reminded that this is who God is and this is how he works, not just through the narrative of scripture, but this is what God wants to do in our lives as well. And not only is this the way that God is working all around us, this is the mission of God that he invites us to be a part of. And today, I'd like for us to think about that today, that this is the mission of God that he invites us to be a part of, that we're invited to join our lives to God's mission of shalom. That's a significant truth for us. That can really help shape our lives. When we think about it this way, that means when we think about peace, when we think about shalom, we think about that not as the absence of turmoil, as if the solution to pursue peace is to escape. No, no, no. Shalom is about the transforming presence of Jesus. So shalom is actually an invitation to engage, not escape but to engage. Shalom is a verb. It is the mission of God to bring wholeness, to restore, to heal, to set things right. So today, I'd like for us to spend some time to dive in together to, to this mission of shalom and what that looks like. And to do that today, we're going to do that in a different kind of way. We have a special guest with us today. Kyle Hayes from Children of Promise is with us today. He'll be joining me here in just a moment. Pastor Ben mentioned at the beginning of the service, and we talked about last week as well, our Christmas offering this year has two recipients. Uh, our, our Christmas offering is completely focused on investing in the next generation. And I love that. And we're doing that around the world and right here in our community. We're doing that in our community by investing in kids camps through his place as we grow the number of kids and their families that we're seeking to reach right here in our community and around the world through children of promise. So today, I want you to hear from Kyle. I want you to hear more about children of promise, what they're all about, and ways that we can engage and participate in the work that they're doing. But I also want Kyle to be here today. I'm so excited for you to get to hear from him because I love talking with this guy. He's a friend of mine, and I love talking with him about the way that God moves and works in the world. So we're going to be talking together about this idea of shalom, the mission of God. So as Kyle comes, take just a moment. We have an introduction video just for you to get to know Children Promise a little bit more. 
Hello, and thank you for having us. We are Children of Promise, and because of amazing people like you, we have been making wholeness possible for kids experiencing poverty for 30 years now in 30 plus countries. That's over 13,000 children who have received monthly support through the Core Four. The Core Four is the secret to our model. Monthly nutrition, education, healthcare, and discipleship allow children to see beyond their situation to run towards their own dreams. Kids like Abigail in Costa Rica, whose family was helped by the program when her sibling was very ill, and now she's dreaming of being a fashion designer. Kids like Jakob, who couldn't afford elementary school and is now a PhD level professor. We partner with individuals, churches, and families around the world and would love to get to know you. Visit our booth after the service to learn more about some of the children who have been awaiting a sponsor the longest. Our goal today is to clear the line, so feel free to pull a profile down, read about their life, family, and home country, and you're on your way. If you're interested in sponsoring, all we need is the child's name, ID, your contact, and your choice of payment method. $384 is all it takes to provide the core four to the child every month. You can cover that all at once or monthly. However you choose to do it, wholeness will be made possible. If you aren't sure yet, or would like to look at children awaiting a sponsor in all 30 countries, grab a card with a QR code and visit our site where you can even search by country. A financial gift to the GAP Fund is another way to help children who have been awaiting sponsorship the longest. Your gift of any amount will be allocated to any child who has been waiting. If a more general gift is attractive to you, the GAP Fund also helps certain children jump the gap into university, trade school, seminary, or whatever God is calling them into. Well, that's it for today. You can learn much more about our program, our 1,000 global volunteers, and other ways to travel, learn, and partner with us at childrenofpromise.global or all of our socials where we share fun stories daily. Thanks for having us, and thanks for making wholeness possible. Well, Kyle, welcome. We're so glad that you are here, and uh, we're so glad to have you, and not just you, but your family here with you today. Um, if you would, take a moment and introduce yeah. yourself and your family, and tell, tell everybody how you came to uh, be a part of the Children of Promise team. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's so good to be here. Hi, everyone. Uh, yes, my name is Kyle, and I am so excited to be in Alma, Michigan. I've been practicing that. Good job. Thank you. Good job. Thank Pronouncing you. the city in the right way is a good thing. It's you're, a good start. You're traveling. Good job. It's a good, good start. Good job. Okay. So, yes, I'm here with my family. Uh, we are so blessed in this job as Director of Development at Children of Promise to be able to travel all over the U.S. and all around the world to uh, share this story of wholeness with churches just like this one. So, we're so excited to be here. I have my family. You can see them in the photo there. My wife, Jessica, who's also part of the development team. We share an office at the, at the main office down in Anderson. So, Yeah. Yeah, he's giving me a look like, oh, brave. <laughs> no, we enjoy it. And uh, my kids, Adelaide and Caspian, who are big helpers here at the booth and stuff. You can meet them afterwards as well. And uh, we're just thrilled to be here in Michigan, just a short drive up for us from Anderson. And um, we love this part of our job, visiting churches, getting to you know, see your facilities, meet some of the people, hear some of the stories, and uh, to also share what God is doing through Children of Promise in 30 plus countries all around the globe. And that ministry has now been happening for 30 years because of churches like this. People 
who are changing the world one child at a time and changing communities around the globe. Um, quick story on how I came to be in this role. It's kind of unusual. And uh, I was a missions pastor in Dayton, Ohio for the last eight or nine years of my life. And about five years ago, Children of Promise was a global partner of ours, had been for many years. And I was about to cut Children of Promise out of our global budget. Weird place to start, right? Mm -hmm. And to the credit of somebody on staff at the time, they said, Kyle, before you do anything rash, travel with us overseas and see the program on the ground. You see, I didn't get it. I thought it was just a transaction. My family cuts a check once a month. Some kid I'll probably never meet gets to have some kind of probably like food they need. It just felt so foreign, literally, until I went and saw it myself. And when I saw it on the ground, my whole perspective changed on what the program does. Yes, we provide resources for children in poverty, education, nutrition, discipleship, healthcare. You'll hear about that more in a minute. But what it really does is it's a network of young leaders around the globe, over 13,000 thus far in our 30 years, who don't disappear at 18. They're becoming the next generation of pastors, dentists, doctors, PhD candidates, as you saw in the video there, uh, young people who are changing their communities through good news in all of its forms because the program gave them a chance to look up and out of their poverty. And when I saw that, my perspective changed, and a couple years later, here I am sitting on your stage talking about Children of Promise. <laughs> and so we worked together in the, the role of development to tell this story, to, ch to challenge churches to consider their role in this wholeness story that God's been writing. So that's why we're here. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love that that, that is your story, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that you had that first that firsthand encounter and that that mm -hmm. changed everything for you. Yeah. Yeah. So give us some statistics about how Children of Promise uh, serves. Sure. So um, on the next slide, you'll see there, we, we work um, in 30 plus countries. The reason we say plus is in February, we're about to launch our 31st country, which is Brazil. We'll be going there. My boss and I will be going down there to launch that program in the northern part of the country in the Amazon. So we're excited about that. And uh, around, it ebbs and flows throughout the year, but we work with 4,500 children in the 30 countries all over the planet. You can see all of our countries at our website, which is childrenpromise.global. And I'll tell a few stories today from a few of the countries. Um, but that's, we, we do that through what we call the core four, um, which before I share about that, I want to tell you about the secret sauce of our program, which is our 1,000 volunteers. So if you show that next slide, one of the things that makes Children of Promise super unique uh, with our peers in this type of work is there are no Kyles around the world who are paid to do this. We only work through Church of God volunteers like people in this community who work here in Alma. We work through the, they're nominated by their pastors to serve in places like Babati, Tanzania, in Yangon, Myanmar, in Brazil, and Ecuador, all over the planet. Regular people are doing this work. And that means a few things. It means we're empowering the local church around the world to do good ministry. And churches are growing in a lot of these places because Children of Promise is operating as their local outreach, which is a unique thing a lot of people don't think of. But more importantly, for you as a donor or a possible sponsor, we can get more money to each child than most organizations can because we send it directly through global programs on the local level. And at the local level then, another uniqueness about Children of Promise is we don't mail goods at all. We send the money and it's all purchased locally. That's why we call it locally shaped, meaning we're, we're lifting up local economies all at the same time. So when you sponsor a child, you're helping a child get the things they need each month, which I'll share about in a second, but you're also empowering local churches 
and you're empowering local communities who during this pandemic season desperately need an injection of, in their economy. And we do that every month when we distribute funds throughout the world. So those are some un uniquenesses about Children of Promise. And uh, one of the things that attracted me to come and want to work for this organization. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, 4,500 kids, 30 countries. I'm just thinking, a little side note here, that's got to be a lot of data to organize. <laughs> and you must have a really all-star tech guy yes. on your team. Let's see. What's his name? Oh, um, Brian Shaw. Yes. That's right. Our very own Brian Shaw, who grew up here in Alma, uh, is on your team. Yeah, he's actually the one that warned me to say Alma, not Alma. That's good job, yeah. Brian. Good job, Brian. Yeah, he's, he's looking awesome. out for us. I appreciate that. Oh, no, I we love, love working with Brian. He's, yeah. he's a great, great guy. With He runs all of our database-based stuff, which is a lot to keep track of, as a you can imagine. A lot to keep track so, of. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I'm thankful for him. Awesome. Well, one more question before we dive into to some more conversation about wholeness and shalom. Mm -hmm. uh, so we uh, have Children of Promise as one of the recipients of our Christmas offering. Yes. How will you be using those funds? So this opportunity to partner with you all during your Christmas season is a perfect timing for Children of Promise as an organization. You'll see on the next slide, we're, we just launched our birthday year for our 30th birthday, um, just a couple weeks ago on Giving Tuesday, November 30th. And what that means is for the next entire year until Christmas 2022, we have some gigantic goals to uh, launch the next 30 years of Children of Promise. You know, um, a friend of ours, actually a, a Michigander, is that a word? Yeah, okay. good job. Ooh, oh, really? went out on a limb there. Another Michigander, he, he, he mentioned this idea, a friend of ours in St. Joe, that um, we, when, you, when you get into your 30s, you start to think about the next generation, right? And I'll show you a photo at the end here of some of our children who were in the early days, the early 90s, 1992 is our founding year. They're now becoming directors of our program, pastors wow. in local communities. Wow. They are the next generation, okay? So we're becoming an intergenerational ministry. And so we're starting to think about that next generation mm -hmm. of children, how we can up the ante, reach more children, make wholeness possible, and start to change the, the uh, circumstances for some of these communities so that maybe there isn't a third generation of children promised there. That maybe they're changing and they're growing and becoming their own. In fact, quick side story, in Costa Rica, we actually had a program just in this last year. I haven't actually shared this at a church before, but they decided that they were at a financial place now as a congregation to support their four children, and we re reallocated the wow. four, four, uh, four children's uh, resources to another more poor community. So there's community change there, if you're following me. Things are mm. ebbing and flowing, and as the children are empowered, generationally, communities are being changed. And so we may be in new places in the next 30 years, but we want to bolster ourselves. So we have two goals for that. And uh, your Christmas offering is going to be a huge help in one of those areas, which goal one, if you want to show that next slide, is that we want to raise $300,000 in our birthday year. And we're already very excited to say that we're almost to 50000 in the first week, which has been astounding uh, from people all over the world donating to our, our, uh, our gift match we had on Giving Tuesday. Um, December 26th through the 31st, the last week of this year, actually, we're going to be having another match. So all dollars given to the GAP Fund is going to go support this $300,000 goal. And what that's going to do is it helps us sponsor children in three areas, real quickly. Children who have been waiting a long time. So these are children, some of them are older, who have not been sponsored. In fact, we have 15 children with us today out in the lobby. That you saw in the video, we'd like to try to clear the line of those 15 children. And they, all of those children have been waiting the longest to be sponsored in, in all of our programs. Um, so that's one way the GAP Fund helps us, is get those resources to children quicker so they don't have to wait. In our old system, 
We just had to wait until they were sponsored by a family like your own. And that was great, but now we have kind of a two-way approach. We can help children get resources quicker. When the, since the Gap Fund was invented um, in, back in April of this year, it's a very new idea, 200 children have been able to receive resources on a monthly basis as they wait to find their long-term sponsor. So we're really excited about the Gap Fund, and that's one thing that you all are going to be a big part of this Christmas. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. It's getting resources to kids who desperately need it next month. It's that quick. So thank you so much. The other thing that we're really excited about with the Gap Fund, and this is new ground for Children of Promise, is that we are jumping the final gap after graduation to helping certain children around the world make it into university, seminary, nursing school, trade school, or whatever God's calling them into. And you may think, wow, what kind of money are you talking here, Kyle? Like, talking about university, right? It sounds Mm -hmm. expensive. Well, we actually just uh, sent our, distributed our first four children's scholarships into India. And we got a letter from India uh, that these four children, they felt like had the right test scores to make it into university at the state level. For one whole year of university, does anyone want to guess how much money we sent for each child? A hundred U.S. dollars. One hundred U.S. dollars. Think about that for a second. Wow. Does anybody in here have college debt? I do. And it's a lot more than that. It's way more than that. So little bits of money, people don't always realize how strong the U.S. dollar is overseas. Mm-hmm. We can do a lot of good through the GAP Fund for children in those three areas of awaiting sponsorship, if they've lost a sponsor in the last year or two, we, we never drop a child from our program, and then uh, as they jump that gap to graduation. And then the final goal, that's goal one, is the first goal of 300,000, is to sponsor 300 children. We're about 65 children in so far, so we're really excited about that just in the first couple weeks. And if you sponsor a child today out in the lobby, that will go towards our count of 300 children in the next few years. And that $32 a month, which I always tell churches is about how much my family spends on pizza one night in a month, that provides everything they need for an entire month Mm. uh, out of the core four, which I'll share about in a second. So yeah, we're pretty excited about the big goals and thankful that your church is going to be a part of this. We're glad we get to be a part of that too. Thank you. Well, let's, let's dive in a little bit more. One of the things that I love so much about Children of Promise is the, the intentionality uh, of what you're trying to do from a kingdom perspective. Obviously, mm-hmm. we, we hear a lot about that already. There's a lot of thought and intentionality about how we're coming alongside. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you have this phrase, making wholeness possible. Yes. Do you hear that? Making wholeness possible. That's at the center of the mission. So talk to us a little bit about that language. What does that mean and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. This um, new, newly crafted mission statement for us is only about two years old. Children of Promise has always done this work. We've just done kind of a rebrand in the last two years. Another reason my wife and I decided to come and work at Children of Promise is this idea. Because mm. this, for me, is one of the nexus points of the scripture that we can gather around and that the church is called to. And I'm going to say real quick as a caveat, I wish I had that intro you just gave at every church I go to. Because that was awesome. Yeah, that shalom is a verb as well. Come yeah. on, that's good, people. <laughs> How lucky are you guys? How lucky are you guys? Um, yeah, thank you for that, because that is what we are all about, is making wholeness as a verb, shalom, peace, possible for children around the world. So to jump to the scripture really quick, um, there's this idea early in the Bible, and it's skipped over often because it's in the book of Leviticus. I don't know if you've read Leviticus Ooh. lately. It's not the most jarring book. It's kind of <laughs> slow, ancient law 
so not everybody jumps to it first. But there's an idea, a little nugget in Leviticus 25, uh, talking about the year of Sabbath or the year of Jubilee. Mm. The year of the Lord's favor is another term. And tuck that away because that's going to be important in a second. The year of the Lord's favor mm. is another idea that we pull out of this idea. But uh, long story short, in this ancient, ancient text, God is setting up a very different way of doing community. That every so many years, 49 years to be exact, and that everyone should be welcomed back to the table. Mm. Debts should be forgiven. It's talked about there. Foreigners should be welcomed in. If anyone has any angst against one another, they should forgive it. Even the land, for goodness sake, should be laid Sabbath fallow to rest. Everybody's put, brought back together. The way I like to describe it is that it's a reset button. God gave the ancient Hebrews a reset button socioeconomic system to say, hit this button every 49 years on the Jubilee year, and we will be okay. I would love to tell you that they were great at this. I would love to tell you that we're great at this, but we're not. <laughs> and throughout the scripture, God sends people as prophets to remind them of this ideal that they had forgotten. But as, as Pastor Aaron already mentioned so well, this idea of wholeness is this idea of completeness, shalom, peace. It's not the absence of conflict. It's this idea of everyone getting back to be able to run the race that God created them to run. Many of us had opportunities in this room that the children that live in our program, that live on less than $2 a day on average, have many siblings. They don't have these opportunities and will never have them unless somebody intervenes to get them a seat at the table. Mm. I love to tell the story growing up at Christmas time. Maybe some of you can relate to this. I have this, uh, this, this phrase ringing in my head that my grandmas would both say to me on both sides. Kyle, can you go get some more chairs from the, from the deck? Mm. Can, you go, can you go bring some more chairs in? We, either we're just bad at counting in my family or we never had enough chairs <laughs> for everybody coming to the meal. So my grandma would always say, go get more chairs to make room. That is what wholeness is to me, mm. is that as the church, we go and grab more chairs and make sure everybody gets a chance to run the race God created them for. Everybody has a seat at the table. That's what wholeness, shalom, peace is for me. But as I said a minute ago, the um, ancient Hebrews were not great at this, and God sent people to remind them of this very difficult to live out ideal. And the next time we see it come up um, is in the latter part of the Old Testament in the prophets. So if you want to show that next slide from Isaiah, there's actually multiple prophets who talk with the, in this kind of language, Amos, Hosea, but in Isaiah, we see a very famous scripture that's actually read this time of year quite often. You might recognize it. And it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Now, we highlighted that there because I hope you were listening earlier. That phrase, the year of the Lord's favor, is jubilee. This is what the prophets are saying. We've forgotten Le the Levi Levitical challenge to get everybody back to the table. Mm. No matter where they're from or what they look like or what country they grew up in or what their economy's like, this is our role as the church is to bring people back to the table. But they had forgotten in this period in their history, and because of that, they had trouble mounting for them. So a quick story, if I can, about that on the next slide there. Um, we talk about this through what we call the core four. This is how we make wholeness possible. Whether it's through a gift to the Gap Fund, as we mentioned, or through the $32 a month, 
We believe these four things we've found over the last 30 years to make wholeness possible for children to run the race on their own terms. And that's nutrition, education, healthcare, and discipleship. $32 a month, $384 a year, makes that possible for a child and their family every month out of the year, which is pretty crazy when you do the math in your head. But let me share a quick story, one of my favorite, favorite stories of how the Core 4 changed one of our young guys' lives on the next slide. His name is Jonathan. Jonathan is from Quito, Ecuador, for some of the highest altitude Church of Gods I've ever been at. I always tell people, we, uh, some little kids were playing soccer in front of the church, and I tried to walk up the stairs to the sanctuary and almost had like a panic attack. I was breathing so heavily. I was like, because <gasps> it's like 12,000, 13,000 feet these wow. churches sit at. It's insane. Um, Jonathan, though, grew up like many of our children do in Quito there in a big city, and he could not get into elementary school. That's the case for most of our children in all 30 countries. And people often ask, why? Why can't they get access to education? Some of our countries even provide education for free, mm. like in Botswana, one of our countries. It's state uh, all around the country. It's free. However, there's two things you can see on the screen there that stop children. School fees and school uniforms. It's mm. that simple. Wow. When you're living on that little money and you have multiple siblings, it doesn't matter if the school's free. If you don't ha can't buy the uniform, you can't get in. And your $32 a month makes sure that children like Jonathan can get an education. And that was his story. He was able to get into the local elementary school because he was sponsored by a lovely lady from Louisiana named Cindy there in the picture. And Cindy walked alongside him all through elementary school and middle school and even helped him jump the gap into university way before the gap fund was even a thing. She just took that upon herself. And Jonathan now has a degree in mechanical engineering and has a patent with the Ecuadorian government for an invention he invented for a, a, a threshing machine for agriculture that he invented out of his own mind. But I hope, you're, I hope you're listening here. He would not have had that opportunity to run his own race if he couldn't have access. Mm. And that's what wholeness is, is giving people access to run towards their own dreams. And Jonathan's one great example of a kid who's changing his community now because he was given the opportunity to be a part. So we, going back to the scriptures, Jubilee, the prophets come and remind, justice, we need to make sure everybody has a spot at the table. And I'd love again to tell you that they remembered, but they didn't. They forgot again. And somebody came along, a, a very famous prophet, some of you may have heard of him, and he reminded them once again, his name is Jesus. So in Luke 4, we find Jesus in his hometown. On the next slide, you guys can click ahead there. We see Jesus in his hometown, and a lot of people skip over this little sermonette he gives, his first sermon actually. And I hope you pay attention because it's very important what he reads here. It says, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Sound familiar? He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's Jubilee, folks. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Bible scholars call this the Nazareth Manifesto. This is Jesus' stump speech. 
It's what he came to do. His ministry was going to be about, was making wholeness possible for the forgotten, the marginalized, and for all of us who say yes and join in the way of Christ in our world. But I want to point out one quick thing before we move forward, because I love this. It's my favorite thing. He doesn't read the whole Isaiah passage. Did anybody catch that? He stops very interestingly. In the Isaiah passage, it says in uh, verse 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, Jesus doesn't read the vengeance part. He rolls up the scroll, and then he has the audacity in his own hometown in a Jewish synagogue to say, today, all of the Hebrew scriptures are fulfilled in your hearing. What? Think about that for a second. That is a very audacious statement to make. But this is why he came, is to say wholeness has always been our mission. He didn't invent this. Ancient idea, but he came as a prophet to remind them. And some of you may know, very famously in this passage, they kind of laughed him out of town. This is where the whole idea of a prophet has no honor in their hometown. Surprise, surprise, this old idea of jubilee again pushed out of town. So our role as the church is not to push the idea of jubilee out of town, but to get more chairs, and make sure everybody comes to the table because this is why Jesus came, Mm -hmm. is to make wholeness possible and to challenge all of us to do the same. I love that. Thanks for walking us through that, Kyle. I think as we we think about this idea of encountering peace and and this mission of Mm -hmm. shalom, this active mission of God, you know, it's it's really a, a powerful thing for us to think about the way that, that the scripture is so clear that that's the mission of God in and through all of scripture, but that we're invited to join that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think like that's a huge part of our posture in this too, right? We don't yes. walk in as if we're the savior, right? We, that seat is taken. <laughs> we have a savior. We're not the saviors. Right. But what we're doing is we're participating in the mission of God because he's invited us mm-hmm. to do that. And you know, and I love for us to think about not just, you know, what that looks like globally. You've given us this great, inspiring vision of what that looks like globally, but in, it's in our daily lives, too, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, t- talk to us a little bit about that. Well, for a turn of phrase that just came to mind that when you were just talking is that I love is that I've heard it said, I don't know who said this originally, but that the, um, the, the church doesn't have a mission. The mission has a church. That's right. That's good. That is wholeness. When you and I say yes, and I love the word that you use, join. Mm -hmm. That's so important. We don't do missions. We join the already happening, this is a noun and a verb, mission, capital M, mission of God that's happening all around the world. When I was a young missions pastor, I thought it was my job to come up with the coolest, smartest, most cutting edge outreach idea that everybody at my church would want to do. And then I started to actually look around Dayton, Ohio, where I lived, and realized that there were hundreds of people doing good news work all around the city, and all I needed to do was join what God was already doing. We often make it way too complicated. God is already in the reconstruction, rehabilitation, redoing business. All we do is join that. So whatever it is for you locally, wholeness is not just a children of promise ideal. It is a ideal for us all. And I hope you hear the excitement of that. Your life matters at any stage and age you're in. You can make wholeness possible because everything counts in God's economy. All of it does. Should you call the uh, estranged person in your family this holiday season to tell them that you miss them and love them? Is that wholeness? Yes, that is making wholeness possible. You're bringing them back to the table. 
Should you serve at a local food pantry or soup kitchen? Yes, that matters. It's all making wholeness possible. Should you mentor a young person in this congregation and pour into them like someone poured into you? Yes, that is making wholeness possible. The idea is you say yes to what you already see around you. And a lot of churches that we work with that are rethinking their mission strategy, a lot of times it's this conversation. It's what, do we, what should we create or rethink? And often we say, well, what does God already have for you here? Yeah. What is God already doing in this community? What's an issue or a problem or a gap that is already happening here in your town that you are the answer for, you just haven't yet seen it? That's what kingdom people do. We see with kingdom eyes and we respond in peace and wholeness. So whatever that is for you, that's my challenge. Whether you sponsor a child today to make wholeness possible or you sponsor a child here locally by pouring into their life, by getting to know them, by you know, just listening to them. There are so many people that just need to be heard. And so that's what wholeness can be. It's, it's, it's micro and macro all at the same time. Yeah. And you and I are welcomed into it. And here's the last thing I'll say about that, that I love. There are hundreds and hundreds of people around the world that will never make the news cycle that are changing lives, that I've had the pleasure of meeting. People in tiny towns you've never heard of who are loving children and changing the next generation. They're not going to make a history book. If you Google them, you wouldn't find them. But they are changing the world. And that's what Jesus is saying in Luke 4. That this, this power struggle of history, you can read any history book, it's this revolving door of powerful entities taking over from one another. Jesus is saying, no, we change the world from the ground up mm. by loving and changing one life at a time, by sponsoring a child in a, in a small town in poverty, by, by volunteering locally. That's how the, the church, the kingdom, has always operated. And have we made mistakes from time to time? Sure. We're not perfect, but the church is still changing the world, whether we like to see it or not all the time. And you guys can be a part of that. And that is exciting to me. That's exciting to me. You and I can be world changers one tiny thing at a time. Yeah, so. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. I love, you know, and that really is my prayer for all of us this mm -hmm. Christmas season is that when we're thinking about what it means to encounter peace is that that's not just something that we receive the peace of God, but that we're watching for ways that God is working and, and working towards wholeness and seeing how we can participate in what God is doing all around us uh, in some simple ways. So, hey, I know we're already out of time, but just really quick, want to yep. want to ask uh, if we have people that things are stirring in them today, they want to take a next step to connect with Children of Promise, how can they do that today? Yeah, if you show that slide up there, that we can um, go to keep going on the next one. We if you want to sponsor a child, as I said, there's 15 children out um, on the line that we'd love to clear the line today and add those children to our 300 child goal for the next year. And you can fill all that out, at the, out in the lobby. We can help you with that. We also, we also travel to see every child every three years on a rotating basis, and we take guests with us. A lot wow. of people don't realize that. So we would love for you to join us on a trip to any of our programs. And if you're interested in that, you can talk to me out at the booth. We have trips even coming up in the next six to seven months. Um, one last thing I want to mention, if you're interested in all everything you just heard, uh, you can go deeper with us through a brand new thing we just launched last Sunday, actually, called our Advocates Training. If you all throw that up on the slide there to finish, Advocates Training is for people who want to go to the next level with Children of Promise and want to become an official advocate for this ministry, to be able to learn how we tell stories, to learn deeper ideas about missiology and missions 
from me and my, and my bosses, Mike and Heather Webb, who know a lot more about this than I do even. And uh, we'd love to train you in that so that you can uh, advocate for us to represent us at this church, at another church, and to go overseas with us as well. So if you're interested in that, please talk to me because we have opportunities all through the next year where we're going to be celebrating our 30th birthday all over the USA next year. And you can read all about that at childrenofpromise.global slash 30 for our 30th birthday. You can learn everything you need to know. Awesome. Yeah. So great next steps today. And of course, uh, for all of us, as we give to our Christmas offering, that's one of the ways that we get to support Children of Promise. And so glad we get to do that. Well, as we close our time uh, today, Kyle, uh, mm-hmm. let's let's stand here for a moment. I'd love to pray for yes, you please. and for your family and for the Children of Promise team. Let's pray together. Oh, gracious God, uh, Lord, we're just so grateful that you are the God of peace, the God of wholeness, the God of shalom. And we thank you, God, for this glimpse that we have today of ways that you are moving and working around the world. Uh, God, we pray today for, uh, for Kyle and for Jessica, and we pray for the rest of the Children of Promise team as they lead, uh, not only those who lead here from the States, but Lord, we think of all of the thousands that are impacted around the world. Lord, we just, we pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done through this ministry. Lord, we pray that many would come to know you. Uh, God, we pray for your wholeness and your restoration. And thank you, God, for inviting us to be a part of it. Lord, I pray for all of us today that as we go about our daily lives, as we uh, enter into the hustle and bustle of this season, God, would you just help us to be eyes wide open, to notice ways that you are working and moving and, and you're inviting us to join you in what you're doing. We thank you, God. We love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.